I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's Sal Capaccio. 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 On WGR. Glad to have you along uh, for the 5 o'clock hour as we move along here on a Wednesday. I am the Bulldog. Mike Shope has the day off uh, today. Expect him back tomorrow. Uh, Sal Capaccio on the Western Hotline in a moment. One, <laughs> I, I laid out sort of the, the itinerary for tomorrow's Ryan Miller night down at the arena and mentioned it's a 7.30 face-off and the ceremony is going to be at 6. And someone on Twitter said an hour and a half ceremony. Come on. They're going to have the pregame warm-up and everything after the ceremony. So it's a 7.30 puck drop. The ceremony is not going to take you right up to puck drop. They have to get ready to play a hockey game. So whatever. Anyway, try to be in your seats by 6. Everybody's getting a replica banner. Pretty cool. Should be a great night. Big crowd. Just plan accordingly because if you want to be there for the ceremony, uh, you're going to want to make sure you get downtown early enough because traffic, I think, will probably be pretty hairy. Sal Capaccio with us now on the West Her Hotline. Sal, are you are you going to Ryan Miller night? I will be there. Um, so, like, we, we go a lot to a lot of games, and, you know, I bring my family. Max loves it, and he never watched Ryan Miller, but he knows who he is, and he's been asking me you know, to go to this game, but I can't I can't get tickets. So I'll go. I mean, I have um, – I'm going to be up in the press box for a little while, and I'm going to watch the ceremony. So I'll be there. But I feel really bad because he runs to go and we go a lot. And this is one game where I just won't be able to take him because tickets are so hot in the secondary market. They're pretty expensive, too. Yeah, no, I've, I've seen that. Yeah. Well, should be cool. Have you been in there for like a packed house in a while? Like were you at RJ Knight or any of that I stuff was. last year? Yeah. Yeah, I was I was in there for RJ Knight. That was awesome. And um, a couple of times this year, I think it's gotten a little bit a lot better, right? I mean, yeah. maybe not well, a packed house like that, but for sure it's been the energy's been there. Um, you know, kids day the other day, we went Monday, wasn't as much, you know, and maybe a little understandable given the, you know, afternoon, uh, yeah, start yeah. time, even though it is a holiday, but I just think when it, 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 you've seen the uptick this year, but I have been in there for the, the Argentina and then, the, and then Vegas when Jack first yeah, came yeah. back too, that was well, amazing. As yeah. Well. The reason I asked is Sal, we had, 
with, without, uh, the way I put it, like, nothing against the ceremonies. I mean, I'm glad there's going to be a packed house for Ryan Miller. He deserves it. RJ certainly did, and the attention on Eichel, uh, I get it. The Minnesota Wild game a couple Saturdays ago was not anything special, and it wasn't even any kind of a rival, and that game was sold out. And let me tell you, that was the first time I've been in there with it like that in, I don't need years and years, <laughs> okay? I did not get to any of those sold-out special events from last year, and um, it was it was awesome. And that's why I'm telling people, like, plan accordingly with the traffic. We're all kind of out of shape. Like, we, you know, like, but sold-out crowd is a lot different. Um, you know, last year I'd get done with pregame uh, or even, like, knock off a little bit early, right? We talked to Paul, and then it's Don Granado, and, like, Mike would take – over the rest of the show, I'd leave here at 6.15 and be in the building by 6.40. You know, you know like nobody's going. It's not like that anymore when it's a sellout. Um, so I hope folks can can manage okay. Um, anyway, I'm bummed to hear that, that Max isn't going to get to go. I, I'm not going either. Um, you know, I didn't want to take a day off to go to a hockey game, and now I kind of regret it. I wish I had <laughs> found my way in because Miller has meant a lot to, to, to me as a fan and as a goalie, uh, you know, to our family, to my son. So um, it'll be a great night for sure. Um, the Bills, Sal, what's the, what's the story? Uh, is, there, is there any new concern injury-wise? No, actually, they're in very good shape injury-wise, Bulldog. Um, they're probably as healthy as they've been all season. Uh, so obviously, except for having Von Miller not available, Micah Hyde not available. And, you know, they did do a you know, walkthrough today. But it was so it was an estimated report, but nothing new. Um, and I think the guys that were injured last week, like Dane Jackson, really the big one, and then missing McKenzie and missing Phillips, um, those guys were all limited today. And Jordan Poyer limited, which isn't new as well, and nobody would expect him to miss the game. This is the healthiest injury report they've had in a while, and it's been trending that way for a little while. They're certainly in a better position than the Bengals are in right now. So this matchup, I talked to Joe Goodberry, and I'm, I'm assuming you know Joe um, or familiar with yep. his work on the Bengals. He's going to be on our Always Game Day in Buffalo podcast, too. Oh, excellent. Good. Yeah, I really enjoyed yeah. the conversation uh, with him. And, you know, it's it's really – I hadn't thought about it until, you know, I was getting ready to talk to Joe today. Um, we know what – like, if you, if you can – um, like go back to before Hamlin got hurt that night in Cincinnati, the second of January. Like it was, I mean, you were there on the sidelines, and I know everything we've talked about appropriately. So since that was about Hamlin and and everything that went on, it kind of felt like a cauldron in that stadium as that game was going to get going. And I wonder, with everything that ended up ensuing. Um, and now a few weeks down the road, like if these teams will be able to reach that emotional level again, playing one another here in the divisional round. Yeah, I think I think you can because of what's at stake. But I agree with you. I mean, it was it was ramped up even the night before. I remember going out the night before, uh, met up with Eric Wood and some friends and um, his wife, and you know we were all kind of hanging out. And Eric's from that area, obviously. So there were some Bengals fans and Bills fans, and we ran into kind of everybody and. You could feel it, and you could hear it, and they were very confident. I think didn't we have maybe we might have had this conversation too going into the game because I was on with you guys for the roundtable that night, and it was just like around the city that was just this conversation between the two, and they didn't want to back down that hey we're the AFC champs and we got Joe Burrow and Bills fans like yeah we got Josh Allen and look at our guy and it kind of got a little I think um, 
some ten, some tension in between that. And then you had Joe Mixon talking about the Bills linebackers saying that they're not as good as the Ravens. And that was something I think that was noticeable, um, you know, that, that mm-hmm. took notice and, you know, kind of people paid attention to. Um, there were a couple of things, you know, throughout that week. And I, I agree. It was very, very, um, a really great atmosphere. And it was also the Monday night showcase. It was the right. best game of the week. It happened to be on Monday night. Now, totally different here, but... It's for a spot in the AFC Championship, and they have, the Bengals have something the Bills want, which is that AFC Championship trophy, and the Bills have to win two games to get it. And then the Bengals, I think, have felt very disrespected by everyone throughout this process, including what happened with the league and not giving them mm-hmm. their due to maybe have a chance for the two or one seed throughout that all that stuff that happened after the DeMar incident. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I hear all that, you know. Um, I, I've said really since since we were speculating about what they would decide to do with that game and with the championship game, should the Bills and Chiefs meet or even in scenarios where the Bengals could have been. But it, th- that, that, of course, went by the wayside. Um, you know, I wouldn't have done needed to do anything, really. Um, I could have left it as it is, and this would still be the outcome. Um, but, you know, they did make the accommodation for the Bills to have that neutral site I understand if if a Bengals fan or even the organization feels like, hey, how come Bills Bengals isn't at a neutral site? You know, I I, I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the league wanted to stop, you know, one step short of making that accommodation. But you know, I I I, I and I don't think you have to be um, thought of as heartless or something or not caring about Demar Hamlin to to look at it and still think that because the league did make a step to kind of make the Bills as whole as they could. And it doesn't seem like they did as much for the Bengals. No, I agree. I think if if anybody maybe had a little bit more of a legitimate gripe, it might have been the Bengals. But going back to it, I think the league did do, you know, as best as it could to be as fair and equitable in this situation. It was not, you know, something that it was easy to do, going back to that. Um, but I think also, you know, you go even to just the Bengals this week. I think that they, you know, you still have Joe Mixon saying we're the big dogs. You got to go through us. So there's been a bit of a bravado coming out of there. And I think that they feel that way. And then of course you got people like I saw Matt Miller on on Twitter, who I like as a draft analyst, but he said he saw there was a thing about the tickets being on sale for the AFC championship. And he wrote yesterday, he quote tweeted it and said, well, this is all the whiteboard material the Bengals need. I was like, well, I guess you can. You if you're since you can play that card. You could say, sure, "Look at sure. that. They're already selling AFC Championship game." But come on. It's not like the Bills players are saying, "Hey, go buy your tickets." Right. I I mean, that I, look, I'm not saying a, a team wouldn't use something like that. Uh, but I think you're right. you're really struggling to find something to cling to. I mean, <laughs> I don't know, yes. but the Bengals could win this game and host the Jaguars in the AFC title game, right? Like that could happen. Are they not yes, prepared? Yes, they are for that? already selling tickets for of, that. Of course they are. That's correct. Because <laughs> that's how the world has to work. <laughs> I mean, you can't. You're not going to like wait and try to sell seventy thousand tickets in five days. So you know um, that sort of stuff. I just think is nuts, right? Like, oh, you're jinxing it or something. Oh my gosh, no! I'm trying to make plans to go watch my team. I'll get my money back if they don't play. <laughs> uh, it's not that hard. Know. Um, you know, some of the stuff is just funny. Yeah. I think a lot of a lot of that we've been talking a lot today about the uh, the fans and, and like the the attachment to the team, and I think so much of what we hear and see 
even after this game, right, I, I made a joke about this family feud. Uh, is it a meme that I got? Whatever, th- th- this little graphic I got with this family feud board and, like, you know, uh, you know, what are Bills fans, you know, arguing about in 2023? And it's nitpicking playoff wins. I think that's a function of the anxiety we all have about the expectations, right? Like, we got to funnel that somewhere, and sometimes yeah, it just sure. comes out, like, blurting out, like, oh, my God, why are they punting? Or, like, whatever. Like, we're all just so on edge, I think, because we want it so bad. I agree with that. Um, you know, I think that last year, as fun as that day was in the stadium against the New England Patriots, and it was the most fun time I've ever had, and then the following week to do what they did against Kansas City to put on that offensive performance, in a lot of ways, it's the worst thing that ever happened to this team, <laughs> right? Because th- that's the expectation now every single week, that you're just putting together drive after drive of score after score. And look, for most of this year, they have pretty much scored on every drive. They were the most the team that did that the most often, percentage of drive that ends in scores. And then when they didn't, they wouldn't punt. They would just do it because they made a mistake and they would turn the ball over. So the expectations are incredibly through the roof for this team. But, I, you know, they have Josh Allen. They have a great team and they've loaded up for the Super Bowl. That's the stated goal and obviously everything that they've done and every way they've acted has been to win the Super Bowl. So anything short of that is considered not achieving their goals. Yeah. A lot of what I talked about with uh, with Joe Goodberry who I mentioned was on an hour ago uh with me was about up front, right? The Bengals are compromised. Um, big injuries on the offensive line, yep. kind of similar to what we talked about in the run-up to last week's game with Miami's offensive line. And I think we got into this a little bit on Monday, Sal. I, I, I wasn't that impressed with what the Bills up front, front four did against that banged-up Miami line. Um, and I know they were without Jordan Phillips, and he's a key contributor in in that area, especially like penetrating. Um, you know, that's his style of play as opposed to, like, say, just occupying space and eating up blockers. Um, so maybe his return is is key. I'm wondering about Ed Oliver. Like, I, I, I like, am, am I am I missing something? Um, I just sort of feel like I don't know. I, I could use a I could use a a, a game from him here. Uh, I think mm-hmm. against this banged up uh, Bengals line, and I I feel like it's been a little while since I've really seen a splash from him. Let me. I'll get to Oliver in a second. I'll go back to what you said about you know last week. I I, I agree with you that you know going into the game you're like oh my god they're gonna feast, um, and maybe that didn't happen statistically. I still think they controlled the game pretty well though. You know you look at the numbers. Miami averaged two point one yards a carry. <laughs> you know I mean like yeah they, they definitely had couldn't no run the ball. Run. Yeah I'm talking about pass rush, but yeah of course yeah Miami right. did nothing. You know and, that's right right and I think that and I, to me I think that that might have been the game plan which was hey we don't need to. We'll be let Skylar Thompson throw the ball. I think we'll be okay. You know, mm-hmm. let, yes, they have good receivers, but we're not going to necessarily have to. We don't have to penetrate and get upfield with our D line because that can cause problems in the run game. We're okay play, facing this quarterback with our secondary. So to me, that was more of the game plan of how okay. they played. But I also don't disagree with you that maybe you needed to see a couple more flash plays here or there to get the quarterback on the ground. He did scramble around a lot. We saw that. Ed Oliver, he did have one sack, I believe, last week, and I think he does have to make a play here or there. And I think this week might be more of a week where that can happen. Um, Without Alex Kappa, I think you know maybe he'll have more of an opportunity going against a backup guard, if you will. And, you know, that that has to happen. In fact, I'm going to say it this way, Bulldog. I think this week, to be honest with you, like this week – is a really, really, it could be a, okay, that's why, or an indictment 
on this revamped defensive line. This is why you did it. The Bills went out and spent so many resources on the defensive line over the last couple of years, but this year, the only position they truly overhauled was the defensive line. They brought in Tim Settle, Daquan Jones, Jordan Phillips, Shaq Lawson, Von Miller, and even with Von being out, all those guys. Now you add on top of it the early round draft picks of Greg Rousseau, A.J. Epinesa, Boogie Basham, like, Bulldog, they have they have to dominate this offensive line this yeah. week. I that that's what has to happen. That's just why you did it. And if not, it's like we just spent all those resources and we still couldn't do it against a against three new parts on a Bengals offensive line that already is a little bit at times shaky to begin with that we've seen. So to me, like that's where it has to happen. So I agree a hundred percent with you. To me, this game is all about that deep this defensive line has to now show why this team spent so much so many resources on them against this Bengals offensive line. Sal Capaccio on the Wester Hotline with us here on WGR Bills and Bengals at 3 on Sunday, a divisional round playoff meeting. How about the other side of this here, um, the Bengals attacking the Bills? I mean, Miami obviously aggressive, blitz-heavy, and they got home a lot. Seven sacks on Allen, uh, the mistakes, of course, that come, they came with that, you know, fumble, scoop and score. Uh, in a couple of picks, um, how how worried are you about the Bengals up front attacking the Bills, and how do you think they will go about it? The Bengals defense you're talking about, right? Right. Um, they have very good front four. They have a very good pass rush with just those guys. They don't blitz a ton, and they're not going to, and they don't have to. Uh, they blitz actually – Looking at the numbers, Pro Football Reference has blitz rate and it has Bills and Bengals right around the same. Mm-hmm. And it's right around 32%, I think. But, um, or actually it's less than that, I think. But either way, they're right around the same. But they're, they're both like bottom half of the league. The point is, but the Bills blitz rate really ticked up after they lost Von Miller. Yeah. So this is a team that, you know, does blitz maybe, you know, sometimes they don't bring a lot of pressure because they really rely on Hendrickson and Hubbard to provide a pass rush. And they're good at it. They're not world beaters. They don't put up incredible, amazing numbers. Hendrickson puts up more numbers, but I think Hubbard might be the better all-around player. DJ Reader, to me, is a really, really good player. That's He's a, a problem. Like I, yeah. <laughs> yes, he is, especially in the run game. Right? They're going to have to have a plan for him. And I think what they're going to do is concentrate on the Bills receivers. I think you're going to see kind of a similar plan from both teams this week, to be honest with you. I think both teams this week will say, we're going to try and beat you with the front four and say you're not going to beat us in your passing game. Um, and see how that goes. And I think that's what the Bengals will do. But, you know, we've seen at times they can they can get after the passer a little bit with those guys. Uh, so I, I think, though, where the Bengals can be had sometimes is maybe some coverage from their linebackers. Um, that's hurt them this year. Their linebackers are good players. They're not necessarily coverage linebackers. They've been in some spots. And I think they can be beat on the outside. Their safeties help a lot. Pissy Bates is a really good player. But I think the Bills will maybe take kind of the same approach they did last week against the Dolphins, try to get the ball to their receivers on the outside and maybe hit a couple of deep shots. Yeah, I, I love uh, – a part of this matchup thing is really cool is that we're talking about two teams – you just said it, right? They're around the same blitz rate-wise. Bills, yep. of course, ticked up a little bit, like you said, since Miller got out. They both play primarily nickel, right? So two linebackers, and you've got um, – and it's hard to drag them out of that. 
And um, I just think that there's some there's some mirroring going on there that I think could be intriguing. How about the receivers, right? McKenzie was was back today. Um, you know, it looks like he should be on track to be able to play. Uh, but we saw them have a pretty good day with guys that could fill that role. Obviously, Cole Beasley had the touchdown at a nice 29-yard catch and run. Shakir, of course, had the big drop, but redeemed himself later with a really nice catch uh, as well. Like, I wonder what, and of course, John Brown. Uh, potential elevation from the practice squad. Uh, that's still there. I wonder what they're going to do now that they have, you know, Brown and Beasley here and they've played some role here down the stretch and, of course, last week. And But now you've got, like, your, the rest of your complement healthy as well. Yeah, and by the way, before I get into that, uh, the blitz rate, I will correct myself, about 20% for each right. team. 33 okay. is Miami from last week. In fact, according to Pro Football Reference, each team has blitzed exactly 124 times this year. I don't know exactly how accurate that is, but that's what they've said, <laughs> which is really crazy. Um, yeah, I, I think that that's an area the Bills can maybe um, do some damage this week, considering what I said about their linebackers and coverage. I think that slot spot is going to be really important. Um, and to me, I think Cole Beasley's kind of regaining that. He's regaining from what we've seen. And the fact that they re-signed him to the active 53-man roster, I think, is a clear indication they want to keep using him. Um, even if McKenzie is uh, available, you know, like that can be a guy that can help out a little bit, but I'm not sure. And then even Jamison Crowder. Jamison Crowder, we don't know what his status is for the rest of the week, if he's going to play this week. We know Micah Hyde will not. Um, just so everybody's mm-hmm. clear on that, Sean McDermott has said Micah Hyde will not be activated and playing this week. That doesn't mean Jamison Crowder won't. We don't know. They'll see. And then we saw Shakir. Man, that that drop that really that really hurts him, and I'm surprised because he's got such great hands. Yeah. Uh, and then he had that huge catch over the middle, obviously to kind of atone for that. Um, but we saw that Josh is not afraid to go to him. He's not afraid to go to him even down the field. So I think the Bills here have some options. But this is playoff football, um, and from what we saw last week and the number of snaps and the targets and the touchdown, I think Cole Beasley could be the guy again here that they're, they're starting to ride a little bit. Yeah, that, that's that's where I'm at. Like I, I even I think I even said at one point with McKenzie, you know, in question for last week's game, like if they get like if Beasley has a chance to grab a hold of that job, he might just do that. And I, I think mm-hmm. maybe he did. Um we'll see. I think McKenzie still has some value. I think maybe maybe it'll come down to sale if, if McKenzie or Brown. Um, it may, maybe could be a decision. I mean, we'll see what they do as far as the elevation goes. But or, or Shakir, you know, I mean, we started the season kind of being surprised with him being, um, you know, inactive early on. Um, and it's not like he has commandeered a big role, but you know, obviously he had a couple of plays uh, in this game against Miami. Um, should should be really really something, Sal. I mean, I just um, the the ride has been so fantastic, and of course nobody wants it to end. So. Um, you know, hopefully things go the way we want them to go. All right, if I missed anything, is there any other news I need to know that our audience needs to know from, from today out there? Um, Von Miller, Gabe Davis said, did you see this, what happened? Gabe I Davis did, I did, thank you, yes. Von Miller uh, brought in the Super Bowl trophy. I, I'm, I'm imagining everybody gets a replica that wins the Super Bowl, right? And he brought in a Super Bowl trophy, and he put it on a table or something in the training room or wherever, and I think that's what he said. And he looked around and he said, you said you'd do anything for this. And Gabe Davis, after practice, was on the jugs machine for like an hour, close to an hour. And he <laughs> talked about that being like one of the things. And that his mom wrote him a letter, too, about remember where you came from, remember why you're there. Like he just seemed like he was really focused and locked in. But he he referenced that story about Von Miller today. 
This is Chris Drury hanging a poster of the Stanley Cup in the locker room vibes here is what we've got. Although it's an actual trophy, not just a photo uh, of that. I remember that being a, a, a big a big talking point with those Sabres teams that, uh, that, that got so good so fast. All right, Sal. Well, thank you for this. Um, I'm sure we'll try to find a way to fit you in tomorrow. And, of course, uh, roundtable on Friday. Thanks uh, again for this, man. You got it, man. Thanks. That's our Sal Capaccio on the West Her Hotline. His appearances are always brought to you by New York's only outlet liquor. You need to stock up. It's the place to buy a case. What's your outlet? Uh, all right, we can we can we talk about the matchup some more, like Sal and I were just doing the matchup up front. Like I'm, you know, look, I, I'm I'm oftentimes like you know offense. Allen, Diggs, Davis, like how are we going to get our points? I love thinking about this thing up from from Sunday the Bills game into Sunday night the Ravens Bengals game. Uh, I've been thinking about the the havoc the Ravens caused the Bengals and how much trouble they gave them, and just how capable the Bills may be of doing that. I think it could be a big key to this game because Cincinnati really struggled um, to get going on offense so much so that really that that fumble play at the Bengals two-yard line that went 98 yards the other way for what proved to be the winning touchdown. I, I, I mean, watching that, I know there was plenty of time left, but I I was thinking it would be a hard time seeing the Bengals come back. I know they've got talent, and you've got the quarterback and the ball in his hands and all that, but, man, that defense did a great job. Can the Bills do any of that? Um, that's one subject. Also, don't want to close the door on uh, what we spent the majority of the day talking about, at least with callers, and that's why you want this championship, why you want a Super Bowl so badly. Um, got time for those calls as well. 803-0550 is the number. Mike Shope has the day off today along with Zach Jones. I am the Bulldog, and you're listening to WGR. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 